How do legends? How are we all? Welcome back to another episode of Turf More House TV. Another match preview. Norwich this weekend. The last time we took a trip there, it didn't end well for Sean Dash a week later. So that's not uh, a good omen in itself. Um, but hey ho, we move. Things have changed. And I'm looking forward to speaking to Liam as well very, very shortly. I'll bring him in and we'll talk everything. So a massive heart to you from myself. And from Diddy Dan in the corner there. Um, and hope everyone is having a great week so far. Football fast approaching this Saturday, as I say, away at Carrow Road. Um, looking forward to hearing what you guys think about the January transfer window, what you guys think the scoreline is going to be this weekend as well. So get them in the chat and let us know your thoughts. We are on social media, as you can see at the bottom of your screen. It might only be small, the right into some of you if you're watching it on a phone or anything. So this is where you can find our socials and straight after that, I will bring Liam in. The man, the myth, the legend, Phil Bird's right hand man. How are you doing? How you doing, Pam? Doing fantastic. How are you doing? How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> um, feeling a bit crap under the weather in terms of like stuff, stuff, but we move, we move. Well, right now, being a Burnley fan, it's um, every single day is a good day. So yeah, exactly. Most we can. It's got. It's all we can do. All we can do. I mean, how's things for you? Um, you know, I think things taking off. The new, the new style videos, absolutely loving it, mate. Um, I'm just doing what I, um, I'm enjoying really. Um, FIFA is a diabolical game. I, I can't stand it. I, I just can't. Um, I, I can't keep putting myself through, pretending that I care about it really. So, yeah, I'm doing what I have to do. So, um, yeah, it's going really well, and hopefully this year is gonna be a big one for us. No. 100%, 100%. Uh, I keep watching, especially that last video, like, really does touch on a lot of situations with football as well um, in regards to the iceberg. And if people don't understand what we're talking about, 
then please do go over to um, Visa's YouTube channel. Uh, give it a plug and tell people where they can show the support. Um, my channel's name is called Visa, but people may not know how to spell that. So um, V-I-Z-E-H, I do football video essays and investigations over there. And you may be able to tell that I'm decent size Burnley fan I say so you probably have seen me about on online probably annoying you annoying you so yeah that's where you can find me oh happy days um do go check it out the co the new concept that you've got going absolutely love it mate so keep doing what you're doing uh and the link to the YouTube channel and Twitter your actual Twitter page as well is in the description of the video so people please do go show your support as well Right, let's talk first things first. I know we're going to speak the game, but let's talk 100% about the transition from dash ball to company ball. I mean, how have you seen it from your side of things? Where We've just gone from, uh, we won that 1-0, to absolutely trousing teams left, right and centre. I mean, it's like when you, you go through high school and you have a child or sweetheart and, you know, you, you have that that last that you think that you know it can't get any better than this you know like you're you're going out you go into the cinema and like you meet kiss her once you're like wow amazing can't get any better than this really and then for, for whatever reason out of your own volition things don't work out and then you find a new woman and that that woman is vincent company and they are teaching you things that you've never even thought you never thought was even possible before you never thought it was you never thought about it thinking wow we could play in this way we could do this and that. Incredible. And it's a speed of how fast it's all happened that you thought going to be on Tinder for about a year or two now, <laughs> transitioning. It's going to be a long time, actually, before I can get back in the game. And we're straight, we're straight in. We're straight in. And it's absolutely incredible to see, not just from the tactics and kind of how we play, our play style, but really we can see a vision from our board from Alan Pace and AOK and all and all of them, we can see an actual future that gives me even more belief that let's say in two, three years' time, let's say that VK company does get a move on to I don't know, West Ham or Leicester or whatever it is, that kind of next step up but before the city job and stuff like that. I have still I've still got belief that if that does happen, which it will one day, I believe our board we'll get the next man ready to go because I think they have a vision which is more than just the, the here and now. And that gives me some great belief. No, definitely. I mean, are you surprised how quick it's happened as well? Because a lot of people, media, uh, journalists, everyone were all going, oh, I fear for Burnley, the financial repercussions, players, the sales and things like that. It's just going to go tits up and we're going to go from championship to league one and do sort of similar to a Leeds, except we've just literally laughed in their faces and we, we've done that season in season out. The media will do what the media has to do to get clicks. That's just the reality of it. When we saw all the headlines and talk sport and Sky Sports and whoever else just go in at us in terms of how much Alan Pace is a scumbag and that he's used the club's money to buy the club and that, you know, I can see from perspectives to some people that they felt like if they had bad intentions, ill, Ill intentions, that it could have gone wrong. But there was no real reason to believe that they were that belief yet. We didn't give them a chance to really prove themselves yet. And us going down was the perfect time because even when we did go down in that year, 
They backed us to a relatively decent extent. The players we brought in, Nathan Collins, Maxwell Corney, Val Vegos, these are all very good players that we moved on for big money. Um, like Collins were a great example of it that made an sort of profit on him and then moved on. We would have liked a bit more. But that's the way it is. And ALK, Alan Pace, they've proved themselves that they've got a vision that we can believe. And how fast it's all come has surprised me, has surprised everyone. But I um, I would like to say I was always in the camp of that. I was always behind the board. I was always behind the direction we're going to. And now I still wanted to get, I, was, I wanted them to prove themselves to me and still, you know, before I make a decision. So, yeah, I'm very, very surprised in terms of how poor this league is. Because I think if the league were a bit better quality, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing right now. Even just because uh, from many fans that I've spoken to, fans that's been in the championship for many years beforehand, Blackburn fans, for example, um, they, they can confirm that the league quality this year in the grand scheme of things is really poor. And that helped massively. It does. I mean, they thought they'd won it by the end of August anyway. So, the oh, yeah, man, Gatt, of course. How's that? Going? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is, it, is that like, what, 20 points? Jesus Christ. Something ridiculous now, isn't it? I, I can't wait. I mean, the fact that we could potentially be promoted at Ewood, that's just like, oh, it's one of them moments. I mean, if that actually happens, and I don't even know what will happen like to the 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 to the debate at that stage. It's like yeah. I I, I, saw, I know a friend of mine saying like, if we do that, if we get promoted at Ewood, and that that eclipses them winning the Premier League twenty hundred years ago, and it's like. No, but in the same sense, in terms of recent history, it's a pretty embarrassing thing that we could do the same thing again, that we kept, we come down from Premier League, we do the double on them, and then we win the league, and then we just kind of leave them in dust again. If you do it back-to-back times, tw- twice in a row, that's pretty impressive that it just kind of shows that we're just, as of right now, a much more attractive club than what Blackburn will, will be for quite a long time. Definitely, definitely. Um, Brad in the chat, he's a Leicester City supporter. I hope you're well, Brad. He says, we'll knock them out of the FA Cup, lads. Don't worry. I mean, to be fair, I'm hoping that we can get to a point where the date gets changed for that Blackburn game because it's on Mothering Sunday and it's just a little bit of a pain in the arse time as well. So I'm hoping it'll get moved if either or one of us is you know, in the quarters. But I mean, how far do you think we can get in the FA Cup? In the FA Cup, I think that, you know, considering we're playing two League One sides guaranteed, if we beat Ipswich and then face whoever we're going to face in the fifth round, we've got to beat two League One sides at home and we're unbeaten at home. And I have reason to believe that Vincent Company takes the cup seriously. He's played relatively a decently strong team in all games. We thought he'll be, you know, fully rotate it against Bournemouth, for example. And he's still put out a very strong 11. And I don't think that he's going to change that for the game in the replay. I think that he knows what's on the line, that we can definitely be in quarters in a very easier way than what we could have. So, yeah, I think he'll take the full advantage and hopefully with a bit of a nice little draw in quarters, like a, I don't know, we get like a mid-table, lower half Premier League club at home, like a, I was going to say Brighton, but they're really good now, so definitely not them. I don't know. Like a, <laughs> We're not to have Bournemouth. Who's still in it? I don't even know. But like a team like a Palace, maybe for Sampo at home, if yeah. they're even in it, which I don't think they even are. Southampton still? I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. it's definitely a, a very big opportunity for us to get to Wembley. 
Oh, definitely is, definitely is. Um, I mean, Brian says, how many points do you both see um, taking to win the league? Because a lot of people are talking about us potentially going on to get that 102 mark, break that 100-point barrier. Can you see us breaking that? It's a head and heart thing, isn't it? Yes and no. Uh, is it possible? Yes, it's possible. Do I think that we'll do it? I, I don't think so, just because I don't want to give myself belief. It's more yeah. in terms of my own sort of protecting myself, protecting my own emotions than anything else. If we simply match our last 18 games to match our form for the next 18 games, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll match the 106-point tally, and I think we'll be even higher than that. So we need to, what is it, like win 15 games? And I think it's like win 14, like lose three, draw one, maybe something like that, I think it is right now. So we match where we did, where we did the last 18 games, We'll do it. Um, and the fact that we've actually improved our team to a good level as well with our signings in January gives me reason to believe that what, why can't we do that? Why can't we go for it? And I think company knows that. So we've invested for our time for if, I gotta say, if we are in Prem next year and we're making a more start of it now. Yeah, I mean, what have you made of that January window? I mean, I, know, I saw people saying that the January window online was like a 7 out of 10 and stuff like this. And I just thought, I'm not even listening to it. I'm just happy at the fact that we've had Alan Pace absolutely shithouse the media by saying, um, yeah, I, we, I think we're sort of happy with the squad that we, we've got. And then all of a sudden, we've gone full on ABBA and gone money, money, money with it. I think it was a quote was like, oh, we don't think it's a, there's a, a, a sudden, anything nagging at us to, to highlight in this window. And I mean, clearly he saw that next year we're gonna be we're going we're going to be in a situation where both Jordan Bayer and Holly Bellis they can't both stay at the club because they're both lords, right? So we, yeah. we all know that that is a situation that we will we will have to address, and they're doing it now. Right, just address it now, and then when we get to the summer, it's nowhere near as a, a as a you know um, a, a troublesome situation, which is genius. From what I saw from Al Dakio at Ipswich, he looks like he looks like a fantastic player. I think yeah, it does. Um, Dak uh, Ekdal as well will also be a fantastic player. He's a Swedish international. I think these are fantastic signings. Lyle Foster, the price tag is a little bit on the sort of you know overpriced side for me. Yeah. From what I've seen from Vincent Company, I got a belief. I got to believe whatever he backs. If he wants him and he thinks he's worth that, then I got to trust his. Um, his opinion on that because from the signings that he has made, all of them has been great signings. Even the ones that haven't played that much, like a McNally. I think McNally is a genius signer because bringing him for like a million or something, he's going to get, get, get like a laundry or two to Coventry or whoever else, make himself good in the market and appealing and then sell him on for five, six, seven mil, whatever it is, because he's still a young centre-back. And then we make four or five times profit double, you know, on our money and a player that doesn't even need to play. And then that would be the same case for, let's say, CJ Ingo Riley. And yeah. that is just ways, because that's how a club naturally develops and grows. You've got to sell on players to keep growing in a natural way. Not all of us can be bought, like, you know, can be bought by a Saudi state like Newcastle, right? So you've got to grow in a natural way, similar to what Brighton and Brentford have been doing. It's a yeah, very yeah. similar sort of aspect. And that's why Foster is a bit of an outlay in that, because he is more than what we've typically bought and that is just us kind of having to take that bit of a risk 
ju- to back company's judgment. And uh, if it's just like one every now and then, then I'm fine with that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And there's, I, and I was quite happy. as well. That's another one as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah over family as well. It's a good deal. I mean, it's good because of the money. It is. It the money is. Because Swansea don't seem too bothered. Some of them are actually upset that he's gone. Some of them are more upset at the way that he's trekked the whole situation, which they've gone a bit bitter and some of them have gone down the wrong route, uh, as we've seen with some things coming out from Swansea. Um, but, I mean, that that was a move that was potentially going to be done in the summer, finally done in Jan. Do you think that we... Well, in fact, let me reword the question. Do we have enough quality across you know, defence, midfield and up top now than what we have ever had as your time as a Burnley fan. Yes, yes. Easy, easy. Go back to any year that Burnley's had, even when we were in the, you know, seventh, even that 17, 18 year, look at that bench. For the most part, it was like the odd, like, I'm thinking of that 17, 18 year, we like, we had an Nkudu on the bench. Yeah. Like wise, you had, other than Barnes and Wood, who was another striker that we had that year that was actually like, playing for us properly. I mean, we had the likes of like um, Peter, not Peter, um, John Walters in that group. We had the likes of Kevin Long always there. Aaron then showed up half a video as well, I think. The depth right now is immense, is immense across the entire team. And I yeah. would go as far to say that our B team would get top six in championship comfortably. Comfortably. And people may get anonymy for that saying that I'm kind of like discrediting and kind of looking down on the competition. But I firmly believe that. If I can name you the B team that we could have, and it would be very good. We're just talking like Teller. That would be a B team player for us. Technically, because we got Zerui and Benson. Teller should not be a B team player, but he just is for us. Charlie Taylor is, for me, a Premier League player. And he's yeah, on the bench for us. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Genuinely ridiculous how good our team is. And again, credit to the board for doing that. In terms of Obafemi, it's more of a long-term sort of decision now because we know that J-Rod, Barnes, they won't be here for too long. Barnes probably going, you'll be the first one to go. Um, they're Asian that. You can tell that they probably, if we do go to Prem, they probably can't do it week in, week out. Definitely. J-Rod has that quality, but again, can't do it week in, week, in, week out. So it's just preparing for the future. Again, looking ahead, which I think is really good. Yeah, we've got, we've got to do things like that now, haven't we? Because we've, we sort of had that under Dash where we tried to mix youth, or I don't know what's classed as youth, to Sean Dash anymore. Is it 27 uh, is the closing bracket for youth and then older? Um, I, I think mean, like the youngest player on team for like the longest time, other than Dwight Manil, was like Josh Brownhill. And he was like 25. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. It's sort of... It's the youth aspect, the fact that there's so much growth in this team as well, isn't it? That we're not even a finished article. You know, he's not even put his full foot imprint on this team. His full imprint isn't been firmly put on it yet. It, it's still a learning curve for a lot of them. I mean, do you think we'll cope well with promotion? Do you think we will do all right and be able to stay up? Or do you... Because I've been thinking regarding the FA Cup and the cup, the cup games that we've got. I've been in a catch-22 man situation of it's good to have these extra games because it's a bit more, you know, football for them and getting used to the way we play, which will help when the inevitable promotion eventually comes round? Or is it going to be a hindrance to our league position? And I've sort of battled with both sides of the of the story, but do you think that we have have enough 
have enough to be able to stay up in the division as of next season. If we are in Premier League next year, I firmly believe that we will be comfortable in Premier League. I'm saying that we could be like 12th, 13th. Yeah. Because the team that we have now is good, but we do need additions for next year. You know, and you know, like I said in mid in there, because Cork will not be able to do it week. I love Cork to bits. I love to be such a good player, but in Premier League next year, he can't do week in, week out. He can't. So we know a midfielder is definitely on our top of our list for priorities in the summer. And when I'm looking at the teams that are in Premier League, you know, you could take the Bournemouth game, I think. Yeah, but like Bournemouth, they're probably going down anyway. But that was their full strength team, other than Lerma. From the Bournemouth yeah. class I spoke to, that was their full strength, other than Lerma. And we saw how that game went. You may say Cup has a different mentality, which you made a point, went to United. And I felt like if we played like an Anasarori instead of a, a Darko Cholinov, we would have scored a goal in that game and maybe made it much more of a very squeaky bum time moment for them. You know, that chance in the 75th minute, I think it was Darko Cholinov went through on goal. If I'm that lovely Gumerson pass, if that was a Rory, I think that would have went in and it'd be a different end to that game. I look at the teams that did go up the Forest, the Bournemouth, the Fulhams, the Fulhams especially, you know, it may come across as sort of, you know, big-headed to say that we can be comfortably in Premier League, but it is always that one team that always does. Leeds was that, Wolves was that, Fulham is that now, and who's to say that we can't be that team again, as we are by far, other than Sheffield United, the best team in the division right now. And with our team that we have, Sheffield United may have more experience, more of that kind of grit, kind of, you know, know-how, but we've got youth in our side and potential. They've got, of course, Njaya, which is also a fantastic player, and Sander Berger. But seeing the players that we're linked to, especially even last year with, with Sean Dyche, we're all linked to like Seko Fofana, for Christ's sake. He was like... Yeah, Bamba Dieng, we're linked with Newcastle player. and stuff like that. It's just weird some of the players we're willing with. Exactly. So if... We, but of course, they would never take that risk at Burnley for number one way we were on the table in January and also Sean Dash. We're going to have the sum of our lives. We're going to have the sum of our lives. And I cannot wait for it. I cannot that, wait. I, that, that I was going to say that, that obviously I know he's prepping for the next season in a sense. But then obviously there is going to be the odd additions, the odd outgoings, etc. Do you... Um, how do I word it again? It's so, almost sort of... I know we're not going to... Do you think, like you said earlier, Bournemouth, Forest and teams like that, they've gone up, they've spent to try and stay up. I mean, like, I mean, just saying Forest says it all. I think over 30 players in both windows combined. Uh, yeah, it's you, mad. I'm not saying that we need that many players, but do you think that we will need to spend a, a, good, a good amount to be able to stay up or is the squad capable enough as it is with one or two more? I'm trying to look at our team and think what is like, the clear, obvious options that we need to change. So like, if you look for our team and think, okay, who's Premier League ready now? Like, Who do you think would take that step up fine? And like, if you're going to start from the back, Juric, he's an interesting one that people... I think everyone's, kind of, everyone's come to the kind of conclusion with him saying that, yeah, he's actually a decent keeper and the way that he plays is vital for our system. And that is something that people have realised and I think it's important to realise because he may not be a Nick Pope, and that's the issue with him, is the, is the fact that we have been so blessed with fantastic, consistent keepers for so long, and Tom Heaton and Nick Pope, that when we have someone that may be a little bit more raw on some edges, we think that it's a problem. When it's not, when 
almost every other goalkeeper is just like the same. But the fact that we're so used to professional, top-level, almost finished articles in Pope and Heaton, it's been really unfair to him, really. Um, in terms of defensively, that's going to be the conversation in terms of are we going to go all out for Horobelis, who I think will be a England starter in four years' time. I mean, he's already a captain for under-21, so it's not really a yeah. big thing to really say. It's a quite reasonable thing to, to expect that he will be an England starter in a couple of years' time. So are we going to go all out for him? The Lawns, Matson, for example, are we going to make sure we get him? How much will he be? Will he be 15 mil? Bellis, how much would he be? Probably like 20, 25 maybe. See, I think we could get Bellis on a similar deal to the Murich one, you know, where it's sort of, they have a cheaper buyback clause and things like that. We're going to try to go down the avenue of trying to work out a way that we can make something work. The way that I see it is that a lot of attention is on Bellis, for example. The teams like Southampton's and Everton's and Leicester's and whoever yeah. else, centre-backs, especially English centre-backs who plays in a modern way, is a very, very rare thing to get nowadays. Centre-backs is typically one of the most hardest things to master in a team, that and strikers, right? So it won't be just us wanting him. And it may become a bidding war. And it may just be the fact that even though we've got affiliation with, with Man City, of course, it may be a situation that it's a bidding war that we just can't win. And that's why we've gone for the likes of Ekdal and Aldakio in preparation that if it does come to that, we've already covered our bases. Yeah, I mean, Half says here, he's an Norwich fan in the chat. He says, uh, I hope both Burnley and us go up this season. We have improved recently, but our weaknesses are when we push further up the field. If you counter strongly, you should beat us. I mean, we've always sort of been blessed with decent wingers, even going back to before Wade Elliott. Uh, I, feel, I feel like we've had decent wingers that have always made a name for themselves at the club. Do you think yeah, that that's something they, that Norwich do have to look at? In terms of our wingers? Yeah, do, I mean, do, do should they be worried about us and our wingers? Because obviously that's where we do like to counter and try and get... Every you know, single team across. in the league should be worried, worried about us. Every single team should be worried about us. Even teams in Premier League if they face an FA Cup, they know that we've got something that we've got quality in moments. Now, of course, for the game Norwich, when I look at it, this is like, over then when we play Sheffield at the home, debatably is the biggest game of the year now. In terms of like the toughest test, if we go to Norwich and we beat them now, especially after the new manager bounce, then I think they've scored four goals in the last two games now in the league against Coventry and um, who's the other team that they beat 4-0 or something. That They were in mad form. If we go yeah. to Norwich, we go to Carroll Road and we beat them, then I've in a full belief I'm fully on the hype train that we will break the 106 points record. Because if we go to there and beat them, that's going to be a big statement. That's going to be a big statement. Because they're a good team. They should be nowhere near as poor as what they were. They've got... An amazing first level with decent depth, but more than decent depth. It's going to be a very tough game against Norwich because I think they're a great side. They are, they are. And uh, under Wagner, I can only see them improving it. Impro improving? What's not even a word? Uh, improving. Um, Connor, our man out in the States, has a question for you. Uh, I mean, it does, it does watch much in Gladbach. Um, as well as Man United, I don't know. It must be a thing amongst Man United fans having about six other teams. But uh, <laughs> Bayer, um, is he a must-keep once the season's over? 
out of all the loans, is he the go-to that you'd, you'd want? If you're doing that conversation of, like, if you could pick one loan to keep, that's the <laughs> conversation to have. Because reports have one. said that there's a buy option, isn't there? Reports are saying that there is apparently an option to buy him for around $8 million. Out of all the loans that we have, Jordan Bayer is the most likely because it would yeah. be a lot cheaper to get and a lot more likely. <clears throat> Sorry. The clause, I saw some people say, like, I think the Athletics said that they wasn't. No, no, no. no. I think it's like the Lancashire Telegraph or Burnley Express said that there isn't a clause. But then I'm hearing other rumours that it is there because we heard that at first, but then said that it wasn't. But now it is. So I still don't fully know. I, I'm no. more leaning towards it is there. But I, I don't think we'll ever know for sure unless if the club confirms it or if Athletic does, which I don't think they have yet. If they have, then it is there because Athletic is as solid as, they, as it comes. Um, so Bayer's definitely the much, more, the much more likely one to keep a hold of because he'd be cheaper and I think Mission Gladbach could be much more happy to let him go. The likes of Ian Matson and Bellis and Eve Teller to an extent, but knowing it was much will be a lot more expensive, especially Matson and Bellis. So those ones... If we want to keep a one player that's the most important for our system, I would personally go for Ian Matson. Yeah. I think he's vital for the way that we plays. That we can tell of how different he is compared to, let's say the other, you know, the other fullback in Roberts or Vitinho of high, how high he's basically of a winger, and that he's getting better and better, getting much more professional each week. He's a fantastic player that will be at the top um in the in the future because he's still like 20 as well. So if I gotta pick one player, it'd be probably Matson. Because I think we in in Ekdal and Dakio, I think they'd be great to back as well, personally. But Matson, I just feel like it'd be tough to replace. Yeah, I mean a lot it's so much easier to think about the attacking player that we have and the goals that are coming. So people will shout, you know, for for Teller and things like that. But I can understand why you've gone Matson because it's not just what he does defensively, but it's the dirty work as well that he does. Um, yeah, he's sort of got like a, a left back feel of a George Boyd, a bit like runs around like mad, but also gets involved with the play a lot more. I was going to say I would not compare Matson to George Boyd in most. No, just in terms of just the running, running around, and you know, making space for everybody else to get involved in the play. That sort of element to his game, definitely no other comparison to George Boyd other than that. Um, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I, I'd, I'd personally have to agree. I'd have to agree. A lot of people have sort of not. Oh, there's a few that have said uh, Ian Matson's been dodging the last few weeks. But for me, I think he went dodgy after the sending off against Blackpool for maybe. And I say dodgy, I mean probably just off a little bit, but then came back into it for me. And I think recently he's been pretty decent. I mean, I think because Matson when he was first playing in the first couple of weeks he had a lot more sort of freedom i think that over time he's been adapted to be a little bit more cautious in terms of how far he pushed himself up because he now knows in the likes of anasaruri he doesn't need to be as high up the pitch as what he used to be because beforehand he wasn't really having that same link that same connection so now he knows that he doesn't need to be as involved so it may appear like he's not been as good as what he was in the first few weeks but i think that's just purely because we've got so many options across everywhere he knows that he can take a step back and still be very vital for our team and he can allow anas or brownhill or whoever to still get the attacking work done because in terms of i think there's a mad stat that like in the first 10 games he had like the highest chances created 
to anyone in the league by like yeah. five plus to the next guy. It was nuts because he was like our main creator. Now he's not our main creator because he doesn't need to be. We've got lots of creators. And that's the biggest strength of our team is the fact that we've got so many players that on their day can be the main man. If one player is having a bit of an off day, we've got the next guy to, to come in. Best example, Coventry at home. We've got a very tough game in the first half and we can bring in the likes of Johan berg as, as a 10 and tell her to someone to bring some pace and completely change the game. Completely change on his head. Goodmanson, people didn't really back him at the start of the year. Thought, dash player, lost his legs, looking quite poor. You know, what is he going to do yeah, to the yeah. team? And now, he's just had a new deal and everyone's like back on the hat that, oh, we all love Johan. When before, people weren't really that onto him. Neither were I, to be fair. I'm not going to say that. Like, I felt like, you know, when you're comparing him to Teller or Anas or um, Manuel, that you just feel like, oh, he's like a bit more of a, a dash player compared to what we have now. A bit less exciting, but he's very vital for that uh, balance to our team. So that's the best strength of our team that we have. Yeah, I agree. I mean, looking at the way we've been playing recently, split fan base again. Some are just enjoying the wave, the, you know, the winning mentality that even though we could be playing poorly in a game or look like in the first half we're a bit leggy, that we still have that winning mentality to see a game out. I talk about the West Brom game, you know, going 1-0 down, having to fight deep to get that 2-1 win in the end. The Coventry game, which you mentioned, you know, it was 0-0 at half-time. Second half, we had what I think company said, about a good 20-minute spell where we ended up turning that game in our favour. And then, obviously, the Ipswich fixture, for me, I thought we sort of succumbed to their level a little bit in that game. Uh, and it just had a had a bit of a nice feel to it, but I do believe we will get the job done next Tuesday uh, at Turf Moor. I just think, even though we can have these moments where we are not fully on it in games, we still have enough about us to see games through, you know, the likes of Rotherham. I mean, it's just the likes, it's just a book of, of cliches, isn't it? The, of the many books yeah. of cliches and the many cliches in that book that the sign of a, a good team is a team that still gets a job done and gets the three points, even when they're playing poorly. And it's a sign of champions, another cliche right there. And that's just what we are. We, we've shown this season in so many ways how we can still win games. You can dominate it like Birmingham City at home, just dominate the entire game, easy, comfortable. We could do a game that we get an early lead and then we get pegged back and then come back again. Um, I was going to say Rotherham, but it wasn't that game. What game was that? We scored first and then we, we came back to it. Oh, what was it? Like Bristol City had that kind of same thing that it was like mm. early, early on in the year, we won 1 0 up, then back to 1 1. And kind of felt like, because at that time of the year, it was like we faced like um, Hull at home and Luton at home that had the same kind of vibe of it's going to be one of them that they just can't put them down. And then we got the job done eventually. And then there's how many games have we come back from behind? Like when we look back in this year, when we get promoted, when we did, it was like, there's no way in my mind that at, at this stage, like for example, if we win the next game in hand, it'd be a 20-point gap between us and Fur. Yeah. That is a 40-point swing that we're, that we are, that's needing to happen, right? We've got six, almost seven free hits that if we lose a game and that another team in third or fourth wins, they can have an act on us seven times to catch up to us. It's, it's done as far as I'm concerned. And when we look back in this year, that Sunderland game is going to be Again, we'll look back and thinking that's when it all that's when we won the league. Yeah. That's when we got promoted. That's when it all happened for us. The I amount of fans thinking, that I heard at half time saying, Oh, I sod this shit, I'm off to the pub. 
I remember being there. I was there at half time, and I was. I, I, I yeah, because I saw you in the Weatherspoons before. I think before the game. Yeah. In, in the centre. Yeah. Um, I was with my brother at half time. I was just looking at each other, just thinking, you know, like everyone kind of put all their blame to like Ashley Barnes for a snap of that game. And then he got subbed for half time. And then we went on to win 4 2. Figure, oh, it must be all Barnes' <laughs> yeah. fault. Felt kind of bad for him for that in that sense. But that's again, we look back at him thinking, yeah, that's when we did it. That's when the everything changed for us, honestly. It, it's uh, right now to all Burnley fans, make the most out of it while you still can. Enjoy it. Enjoy this because football is not meant to be like this. Football is meant to be depressing. It's meant to be sad. You're meant to be, you're meant to be in pain. You're not meant to be enjoying each game and enjoying it week in, week out. So while you still can, boys, make the most out of it, for love of God. Make the most Even out of it. Even City fans don't enjoy watching watching it anymore because they don't turn up at the Etihad to watch it. So Because they prefer the misery. I'm not commenting um, on that. <laughs> no comment. Um, the game then. The game itself. Uh, Norwich, Burnley at Carrow Road. As I said, Right at the beginning, you know, the last time we went there, we'd just come off the back of a brilliant win against Everton. You know, we thought chances of survival were going to happen. Turned up to Norwich almost with that belief that, oh, this game's going to see itself through. And we got our arses handed to us on a plate. And then, obviously, Dash got his P45 the Friday after. Um, Obviously, a lot's changed since then. Yeah, But, again... A first home game for the new manager, uh, David Wagner. Again, does that play a part? Well, you get a first home game against Blackburn in the Cup 2000 lost. So oh, maybe yeah. it's that. Maybe I could play a fact. I don't know. It's a, yeah, looking back on last year, I remember very well, like it was between us and Everton and Leeds. And when I did like some polls on Twitter, it was still very much of the, the belief that Burnley are Burnley, they would do Burnley things and still stay up. And like mm. that, because we were just known for being that team. So when we went to Carrow Road that day, I think we, we all had that belief thinking, no, it's they're already down. Okay. We're going to show our superiority that even though we're shit, they're, they're somehow shitter. That's yeah. kind of how it's always been for the last couple of years. And then that day, whatever could have went against us, went against us. That goddamn Maxwell Corning miss. That up, I honestly, to to this day, I yeah. When I look it's back up there with a the Gaza free kick, back in it like a big like a big open goal, so big chances missed. The Vegos against Villa, the Matty Vidra in last minute against Crystal Palace at home. I remember that really well. Yeah. One that threw on goal, great touch, and then just couldn't get on, get could just couldn't get it past the keeper. And I think Corning had like a number three, four, one and ones that he missed as well. It was actually Brentford. Brentford we were nil nil uh, in like yeah, seventy minute. Brentford on goal one one on one and missed as well. We had our chances last year. We were utterly diabolical last year, and we still had the chances. So when that game happened and Dash got sacked, for you personally, when you saw Dash getting sacked, like I think everyone now looking back in hindsight kind of thinks of the fact that the sacking itself wasn't really the issue. It was kind of more the timing. That's kind of how yeah. I gathered it. Uh, what is that? Is that your belief too? Yeah, I'd say so because obviously it came what the, the day before preparing for the next game. You know, when you're sitting down to have your team meeting, yeah, and you just think if you were going to do it, you'd say right, we need to have this discussion either after the Norwich game or on the team bus on the way back, or as soon as we get back to Turf Moor, we'll discuss it and we'll talk about things in the morning. 
But no, you know, there's been rumours banded around. Apparently, he got told that Friday, went back into the room and just said, the king is dead, I'm off. And I'm just like, yeah. it, it, it really wouldn't surprise me with Dash's sort of dry sense of humour. But then I'm almost like, is it? Especially when you've had the likes of Ben Mee come out and said that his, his whole aura had changed. He wasn't approachable where he was in the beginning and things like that. So I don't know. Yeah, timing were a big part for me. I mean, looking back on the entire ordeal, it really does surprise me on just the lack of any sort of noise in the public media in terms of yeah. anyone's social channels, the Burnley social channel, anything. And to this day, I still find that really strange. Like, I, who was it that, like, went away, like, got, like, who, who he sold and got, like, a fucking goodbye video? It wasn't Kevin Long. It was someone else that, like, got, like, a goodbye video, a goodbye message. I'm thinking they got that, but Sean Dyche didn't. You know what I mean? Like, mm. to this day, when I speak to Everton fans, or when I speak about, because now they got Sean Dyche, or when I speak about company and how much we're enjoying it, and they say, yeah, but like, does that now mean that Sean Dyche is shit? Because Sean Dyche and he wasn't playing that good football, and now you are. It's like, well, no, because it's a, very, it's a completely different board. Completely yeah. different board, completely different vision, completely different players. Plus you know? the things he said in recent, like, publications with other people and podcasts and things that he said he could only get that sort of football out of the players that he had. He felt that that's the, that's the only route he could take with them. Exactly. If you look at a team that he had, it's lacking in terms of the actual opportunities that yeah. you can really... I do think that we play better football than what some people like to give us credit for. We were actually much more of a high-pressing team than what people like to think. Like, I remember really well that we were a really good high-pressing team. We really, like, I think I looked at the stats, like, last season, and we were, like, sixth, I think, for, like, tackles in the final third, like, in terms yeah. of high-pressing. We were very effective in that. Maybe that's because people didn't expect Burnley to be that high-press kind of team. Maybe that's an aspect of maybe the fact that we were actually good at being that kind of team at times. And, of course, when, like, who would I listen to that said, like, a Vincent Company first half and a Sean Dyche first half that are both shit. Like, if you have a shit first half for both Company and for Sean Dyche, it's night and day. Like, if you have a Sean Dyche all for first half, I mean, I swear 98% of our games was all nil nil at half time. Like, yeah. I don't think I ever went to a Burnley game at turf in the Premier League with Sean Dyche and the, it wasn't nil nil at half time. I swear they always were. And that's just kind of how it was that we kind of always held in and kind of stuck to the game and made sure that we gave ourselves a chance to get a set piece goal and then, you know, snatch it 1 0. And that's just how it was with Sean Dyche. So. But, the, but that was good, though. I mean, look at some of the teams that have done that. Leicester ended up winning the league on doing that sort of stuff by just nicking games 1 0. So then you yeah, look at it I and think, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're it can work. It. Of course, it's different, of course, yeah. you would say. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, do you think we have the belief to go there and get the result? I mean, I know that we, if it was at Turf Moor, you'd be like, yeah, hands down, this is in the bag. Although I know nothing's ever concrete in football. But would you say at the moment, even with the way they're playing, the fact of Dean Smith going, sat in seventh, but showing a bit of resurgence now and having to try and put results together to keep them, get themselves back in the playoff on. It reminds me of like when we played Middlesbrough or when we played 
you know, West Brom, that these are two sides that are in amazing form and that it's going to be a big test. And we've come out of that with wins. Granted, they're both at home. Now, Norwich, they're still very much early days in this new, you know, uh, Wagner era. And, you know, they beat Preston 4-0 away. They lost to Blackburn, of all teams, 1-0 at home, who are diabolical, as we all know. And then they beat Coventry 4-2 away. This is a game that I'm completely happy going into, being happy with a draw. I'm going. To, I'm happy with a draw for this game. Like if we're going to draw, drop points at any games this year. If it's against a big side, no, the top sides in the league away from home, that's fine. You know, like our only two losses, Watford away and Sheffield United away, that's fine by me. Because your your league standing isn't your, the the league isn't decided by the teams away from home against top opposition. They're decided by not beating Rotherham's at home, like what Sheffield United did into, and we did. It's by beating the teams that you should be beating, who we have for the most part. So in terms of the Norwich game, I'd be buzzing with a draw. I guess it depends on the man of the draw, I guess. There's always a way that, you know, like if we concede late on, like against West Brom or something, you know. Yeah, we're going to say that West Brom game. In that away game, I'll still be okay with it because I think that, you know, they are a good team. They are a very good team. They are. I mean, Burnley could, well win nine consecutive league games for the first time since November 1991. That were in the fourth tier, which, you know, <laughs> a lot of shit has changed since then. Um, I mean, looking at us, how do you think we will set up? Because obviously we've got the replay coming on Tuesday as well. I think the team would be quite a the standard one that we've kind of come to get used to. I think it'd be Teller on the bench, I think was Dick Rowe. Actually, saying that, no, I don't think Benson's fully back yet, actually. So, yeah, actually, it should be Teller and, uh, and Zeruri, you would say, wouldn't it? Because I don't think Benson's fully back. So, other than that, it should be the standard team of Murich, Roberts, uh, Bayer with... I still think it'd be Taylor. I still think it'd be Taylor in the left side of back row. And then Matson, Cork. Cork? Actually, no, Cork, is he back yet? Is, he, is Cork back Cork? yet, actually? That's a good question. He isn't. He isn't back. He, he isn't, isn't because he played for Ipswich. He played that. He, that's why he played. That's yeah. what he started for. And he's still got his, he's still got his uh, match day book in there as well, didn't he? So. Yeah. Oh, that'd, be a, that, it, that'd be a big miss. If Cork, Cork yeah. is missing, that'd be a big miss. How many, he, how many games does he miss? Because I think he missed the West Brom game, didn't he? Yeah, I think he's just missing two games, I think. Like right. in the league, I think. I don't know the exact same rules, the rules for that, but I definitely know that he's missing this one now. Just... Just, just remembered. So then that's the question of would you want Brownhill to drop deeper to be with Cullen or are we still going to stick with Bastion? I would rather stick, I would rather go with Brownhill deeper personally. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Bastion's a bad player. I do think sometimes he holds onto the ball a bit too long. Like if we're transitioning, sometimes he kind of just dribbles the ball and runs a bit a bit further than what you would want him to. Um, but other than that, he's still like, especially as a backup sort of sort of mid. He's a great centre mid for that, you know, for that kind of role because he'll be centre mid for like every team in the division, ball likes it seems. You know what I mean? So, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, it's a nice problem to have. I would rather go Brownell with Cullen because when he played that role against Coventry at home, I thought he was fantastic. So, that means that if Gimson's back, it's like I like Gimson in 10. I really did, I, he was really good there. So, 
it's it, that's the thing. It's it's been so entertaining to be a burn defender this year because there is actually like interesting debates for each game, which is something that we've never had for like five de- five years. It's great. To, it's great to see you now. It's like it's a good. It's a very good problem to have. And then a striker, stick with J Rod, or give Foster a chance. Or Barnes, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I'd probably say J Rod just because he knows already the system and kind of ease Foster into it. But again, more debates in terms of what do we think would be the best choice. It's something that we're it's something that we're not used to. It's not. It's not indeed. I mean, what what for you? Who's been a standout for you in midfield this year? I mean, I know Brownhill's obviously coming to his own now that he's transitioned into a more free free role sort of behind the strikers or sat in that midfield. Um, but who's who's been a standout for you in the midfield? Because I think Cullen's come in and took to it like a duck to water. If we were to have the the Burnley player of this season vote now, I would vote Cullen. I love Cork. I love him to bits. And he's also very close to being also my vote as well in terms of I played a year. But I think there's times that you just watch a game and it's hitting like the 85th minute or something, 90th minute. And like, he's still just going. He's just sprinting. He's played the entire game and he's just still like a dog, just chasing people down, hounding them down. And I love that. And he does all the simple things so well. And when he doesn't play, you could tell. You could tell a difference when he doesn't play massively I think is important for our team so I'd I'd vote Cullen yeah no 100% um Connor asks here three players that need to go this summer if you were manager now who who would you get rid of to make to make room for Barnes is an easy one yeah I, I was really happy to see that he stayed with us this this window because if he were to go on to get promoted or win the league I want him to be there with us I want him to lift that trophy. I want to have that, that sort of send-off. We've not really had a send-off with most of our players. That was the core of us. We didn't, we no, didn't really have a send-off. Lucky, didn't we had no send-off for Sean Dyche. Had no send-off for, really, to like Ben B and Tarky and yeah. Neil. You know, like, yes, technically we saw them in the last game. But you know what I mean? It doesn't really feel right. Barnes, especially because of the derby as well, it feels right that he stays with us. So Barnes will ideally move on. Because there's no way you can play Premier League realistically. Um, no. they've got, you know, we've got other options now. And then who's next? Um, just having a quick look in, in a, you know, a quick little look now is a tough one, really. Because I'm playing with one Paul. of the keepers, maybe. I don't know whether that's maybe either Will Norris or Bailey Peacock Farrell, but Norris Norris went this window. Or did he go perm? It was, it, it's a lawn to perm. It's a lawn ah, to right, perm. Fair enough. So then, you know, you, you got pick up Farrow and Franchi and the only way that I can see pick up Farrow going is if we also sign like another keeper who yeah. is there to compete alongside Murich to be another starter, which I think is possible. But who that keeper would be, time can tell. I'm trying to have a look actually at like who can actually see going, like being sold on. And it's a tough one, man. Like I, I can't see mm. Jay. I can't see Jay being sold on. And then it's like, mm, it feels harsh because he's not played too much. But someone like a Darko Chilinov, yeah. maybe, because from what I've seen from him, he's a good little workhorse player, versatile. But when you compare him to who who we already have, 
and the fact that we yeah, need yeah, yeah, to strengthen them even more in the summer in those wide areas, even more, I can't see him getting much game time in the Premier League. I, I'd be really surprised, personally. He's it, it, one of them sort of players, Shirley Nobler, needs a run of games for me. Needs a run of games to see if he can get into a, a stride of and, and build a bit more confidence. But then yet again, you get players that could be absolute dire in the championship, but just absolutely evolve in the Premier League. It's it's weird. But I don't I don't know for me. I think it, it's a risk and is company a risk sort of guy. I mean, we know that he likes a very strong team all around, great depth. So for the reason he may stay. I'm just thinking in terms of how low he already is in the in the pecking order. And the fact we were, we're probably going to also improve even more after, after the summer. That's why I think that if anyone else would go, maybe him. Maybe. Yeah. No, it sounds this good. I mean... There's, there's Veghorst. There's that debate. <laughs> yeah. I, I forgot that he's on loan still. So he will come back. He will have to come back in some would, way. Would you welcome him back? Would you welcome him back? I think for me, it's a it's a it's a weird one because sort of the fans have built it out as though, nah, see you later, you're gone. We don't want you here no more. But then part of me is like, I would love to see how you could perform in a company style of play. I was of the belief that if Vegos came back, I would open him with welcome arm with welcome arms. I feel like in our team, it would be fantastic in the system. However, when I saw him go to United and then he started like talking smack about Pesitas, saying that like the training quality wasn't to his standards. And it's like, you can't keep doing this that like you're just kind of throwing every team under the bus for the next yeah. shiny thing, you know? And he had the same problems in AZ Alkmaar. He had the same problems at Wolfsburg. The reason why we went, the reason why we got him from Wolfsburg in the first place is because he was out of the kind of you know group there. You had a falling out or two. And that's why he came to us in the time that he did. Because if it wasn't for that, he would not have come to us. I think that he's a very intelligent footballer in terms of his play style and the way that we play would be great. However, I the the kind of ego attitude that he has it is a problem. Yeah, it, it is. is a serious problem because is it worth bringing in that to rock the boat even a little bit when it's already going so well? So that is a decision that is only going to be decided with Vincent Company. And whatever he decides on our back, if he thinks that he can take that on, and maybe Obafemi could be an example of that because he's another person who has... You know, yeah, he's been very opinionated with fan bases. If he can sort that out, then maybe that gives him some belief. That gives him some belief that he could do the same with Vegos. Vegos has that big fish in a small pond mentality, and if he's got Vincent Company as his boss, I don't think he can have that in the same way. And if he does, then he knows what the door is. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I totally agree with you. I think that we he's he needs to stop. You know, um, smack talking like you said in regards to because I didn't I didn't see the Benfica thing till literally just the other day, and I thought, what really is even throwing them under the bus? But then he's like going to him, oh, thank you for accepting me. You've been brilliant and everything else. And then as soon as he's gone, it's almost like, yeah, you you're not even a thought in my mind anymore. 
I think because he's at United, he's trying to like appease them, you know, trying to like soak up to them to an extent, which yeah. I get because he's at United, he's getting so many likes on Instagram, he's posting like nonstop on Insta. Don't blame him. He's gone from getting like ten thousand likes, you know, ten thousand likes at Burnley or eight eight k. Now he's like one hundred twenty five k each. So you know, that's the thing. It's, it sounds dumb to say, but I do think things that that does actually play a, a factor in some footballers that they want that sort of that that attention, that sort of ego to themselves, yeah. to kind of feed their own sort of reputation. I don't know whether your camera's gone funny or not. Um, but I think we might have lost Viz. Um, it has crashed. I'm not entirely sure what's happened. Um, but we will see. We will see. Uh, there we are. There he is. Look at that. You can't keep a man down. I, mean, I just turned it off. I mean, it, it didn't turn off, but like, I just turned it off on again just, just then. It's all right. It's all right. Um, Right, I want to play a quick game. Well, I want to play a quick game with you before I get the um, your score prediction, uh, really. Uh, it's just a little game called This or That. This or That. Okay, okay. So, basically, just a little bit like I'm going to give you two options. You just say which one you prefer. Um, as simple, simple as that. Really, Is that like a um, quiz? A little bit, a little bit. So I'm, I'd say something like, I don't know, um, you know, fish and chips or sausage and chips, something like that, and you choose either either one. Right, okay, okay. But um, So don't worry, don't have to think, ah, shit, I don't need to hurt my brain today. Um, it's not going to be all like that. Uh, just don't worry. That don't simple. worry. Um, so straight off the bat, first question. Home games or away games? Away games. That's that's easy. That's just uh, Netflix or YouTube. I'm a YouTuber, so I'd hope you say YouTube. To be fair. <laughs> yeah. uh, work hard or play hard? <laughs> oh god, I don't even know what that even supposed to mean. Um... I suppose you've got to work hard to be able to play hard in a sense, but I, I mean, I yeah, I, I I work it each day, so I, I do work hard. No problem. Um, I'm a, I'm a married man with a, with a with a child. I can't really play hard, you know. In, in the way <laughs> yeah, that, I get that. In the way that it's supposed to be meant. I get that. I know what you mean. Um, Facebook or Twitter? Uh, Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> I'm on there probably a uh, bit too much. <laughs> Cats or dogs? Dogs, cats are awful. Um, Sean Dash or company? Oh, don't you dare give me this. <laughs> don't you dare give me that. Nah, like it's like choosing between like your dad or like yeah. I don't know, like your dad or your dad. I don't know, your dad, or your dad or your granddad. I don't know what's the right comparison. That's just unfair. Like, I was going to give you Dean Marnie or Cullen, but then I thought, I already know the answer to that anyway, so that one's yeah. pointless. <laughs> I, I got to say Sean Dyche still, because we wouldn't we wouldn't be where we are if it wasn't for Sean Dyche. We wouldn't be in a situation, Alan Pace and that wouldn't come in, being in Europe, going to Athens, having all the season Premier League, all those away days, never would have happened because of him, if it wasn't for him. So I will always thank him for that. 
Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Unless somebody wins us the FA Cup, then he's in the bin. Then I, I may need to rethink that because that that's mad. No, that that's that's not a bad shout. That's not a bad shout. Uh, cats or dogs? Oh, dogs, easy. Yeah, definitely. If you could replace any current Burnley player with any Championship player right now, who would it be? Um, who do I think is the best player to championship, basically? Um, there's not... I mean, if I got to go in terms of who I actually would like realistically, you know, Barnes is probably going out soon, so we could let Barnes go and get to the Giacomez. Yeah. No, that's not a bad shout. I would have said... I would, I was on the lines of that or um, Anel Ahmed Hodzovic from Sheffield United as a centre-back. He's really good as well. He's good. Or Ilian and Dad. I, I think there's a few you could probably probably go down. Um, well, but, Barnes is going out anyway. So if you're going to let someone go, Barnes, yeah. end of the year, get him moved on. Okay. Happy goodbye. Win a title. Happy days. And then bring in Giacomez. Then I'm happy with that. Definitely. And the big question, the big question, which can take you from... Being just yeah, the average jaw to being King Dick or an absolute knob rash. Um, knob rash, nice. <laughs> I don't know where that one came from. Sometimes I just let the words just they come it's a scary out there, thought, afterwards. A bit concerning. We're, we're at that age now where it's worrying times if you get a knob rash. Either way. I think at any time in your life, I think it's a concert. Well, yeah. I mean, when you're a baby, obviously your parents sort it out, but now it's like... I'm not one of the things about that, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. The big question that needs to be answered by everyone, um, does pineapple belong on a pizza? Yes. <laughs> it does. It does. I don't care. I've done many, many... I've done many a tweet. I've done many a post advocating for this. I don't get why people try to... My missus is off camera so happy that you've said that. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. As as she, she should. She should. There's no... People, they try too hard, man. They try too hard to be cool. No. It's good. <laughs> no. It's good, honestly. To be fair, someone said, when I, get, when I get to 1K, I should stand outside the Jack Walker statue in full Burnley attire eating a ham and pineapple pizza. And I mean, of all things I've done... It's a great done, way to spend, my, to spend my evening. I'll do that for free. <laughs> Monday to Friday. Um, Andrew says, no. Uh, at, uh, Nat says, afternoon, down afternoon to yourself. Uh, Jake's in as well. Sheffield Wednesday, is. massive in the building. Feels like growing up, my dad, you know Enzo's? Enzo's Pizza and Burnley. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, got, he, got, he went to Enzo's and that... <laughs> The, the pieces that he got, he got two pieces almost each, each time. And they're, like, very strange. So one was, of course, Hawaiian pizza. And I was raised on it. So that's probably the reason why. And also, I like pineapple. But the other pizza was, like, a bolognese pizza. Like, it was, it was like a bolognese pizza from Enzo's. And I remember it being, like, really good. Probably, like, you know, I don't know if they have it still now. but I don't know. They've started doing a tiramisu that's, like, really, really nice now. I've not had Enzo's in such a, in such a long time, like in years. Um, but yeah, for, like going back to childhood, having one of them now, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like if I if I come back home and I, I'm able to, because they don't do delivery, or maybe they do now, but they never used to. No, no, still don't, still don't. Yeah, so like you've got to actually go there. So I, because we live in Bower Ford, we, you know, if I don't have a car, I can't go and get one. So 
if I have the op- the opportunity to, then yeah, get Enzo's. And next time I'm, I'm in Burnley, next time I'm back, then I'll probably get a bolognese pizza from there again. And Hawaii to piss you off. <laughs> hey, to be fair, someone actually did get an Hawaiian last time. So when even when we was on, I think it was a preview show before, uh, a prediction show actually, Anthony, who's a Bristol City fan, he came on and actually had a pineapple pizza, sat there and ate it just on camera just to piss me off. So it, does, it doesn't get to the point where it pisses me off. I just think because it's one of them where I'm like so against pineapple and I don't know why. Do you like pineapple? No. But then there you go. You know. But then yet again, I don't like, like I don't cucumber, like, but like then olives. I can understand why people I don't like olives, but I like have cucumber on their eyes and stuff. I like, it, I like, it, it's I like. weird. It's weird. It's like when people eat... I can't eat tomatoes, but I love ketchup. Every single person is like that. I, I don't know a single person that like doesn't like tomatoes, but likes ketchup. Like I'm saying, I think everyone's the same, yeah. to be fair. Prawns. Disgusting. Prawn cocktail crisp. Banging. Nah, I love prawns, to be fair. Oh, I'll give you I, that I'm, I'm, I'm in a prawn camp, but I'm definitely in the like in a prawn cocktail brigade. Most definitely. Oh, Christmas. Everyone else is on prawn cocktail. I'm on just on like soup or something. <laughs> oh, look. Since coming to Poland, I've really, I've really appreciated soup. I've, I've really talked to it. Do they have it a lot there? Yeah, soup is like a, a very common like Polish. Like it's just with every meal you have, it's like you've got to have soup in some in some kind. Like it's very very a Polish like cuisine over here, I guess you could say. I was gonna say I thought I always had it down as something like a big meat, like no, oh, they like meat, meat with every meal. Like meat too, but like you always have like a, some soup like always involved as, as some sort of like starter or whatever, or even as like a. Like for example, like my wedding, end of the night, it's like one o'clock in the morning. And that's like the, we had, we had like 13 courses as like at all times in my wedding. And the last course was like, it was called Bosch soup. So it's like beetroot soup with like a croquet of like, like meat almost like, like a deep fried, like sausage meat basically. And it was yeah. like one, one half, like half in the morning. So my mates, like they're just like, they're off their fucking head. And then like literally they come back to the table thinking, oh, there's a final meal. I was like, what do you mean final meal? And it's got this soup and like a sausage meat breaded thing. And they're like, what in the earth? What on earth is going on? So that's like a, <laughs> that's like a supper for Polish people. Wow. Wow. No, I'm just, I'm happy to see you growing and growing. And obviously the family, hopefully everyone's good there as well. You, Sonia and the, and the little one. Um, hope all is well with you and the family. Um, and thank you very much. Life. Thank you very much for coming on. Um, but yeah, the, I suppose the big question, uh, aside from the pineapple thing, your scoreline for Saturday? 5-0 Burnley. Up the <laughs> go big <laughs> or go home. I love it. Nah, I think it'll be a tough game. I think that if I'm being realistic, I can't... I keep saying that we're going to win a draw or lose at some stage. We keep winning. So I would say it'll be a 2-1 win. I think that they'll score and I think we make a comeback. 2-1. I like it. I like it. Um, thanks again. Thanks very much for doing it. Um, let people know where they can again show the support for people that's only just come in. Um, yeah, um, V I Z E H on YouTube, and you may see me on Twitter at official visa. So that's how you can find me. Happy days. And as I said, the links are in the description of this video, so please do go check them out. Really appreciate it, Liam, really um, for giving up your time. But yes, let's hope for another win and then obviously get through this 
replay on Tuesday and everything should hopefully be hunky-dory. If you do like what we're doing, then please do drop a like and uh, subscribe to the channel. That really does help us grow as well. Um, we really appreciate all the love and support that we have been getting. So um, just keep it coming. Really do appreciate it. Uh, I'm not going to give my scoreline away just because obviously I'm doing a prediction show tonight uh, with a Bristol City fan. It's it's just to keep him involved in the championship, to be fair, since they look like they're on the cusp of potentially going down. So I want to make him feel better. Um, how, however, he is top of the leaderboard and I'm rock bottom because I'm dog shit, which is why I've stopped gambling because it's pointless. Um, but hey-ho, that said, guys, thank you very much for watching. We'll be back at nine o'clock tonight where we will be doing the prediction show with Anthony and obviously my missus in the background putting our scores in. Um, but until then... See you on the other side. Thanks for watching and take care.